0: their songwriting techniques, and occasionally getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. Welcome to episode 153. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Northlane. The Australian metalcore legends are releasing their sixth studio record this week, which is entitled Obsidian. In today's episode, we're speaking with frontman Marcus Bridge about the band's foray into new sonic territories, self-producing this record, and why it's difficult to separate the art from an artist's actions. Here we go. Our guest today is the frontman for one of Australia's most loved metalcore bands. Having been together for over 13 years and winning multiple ARIA awards, they're gearing up to release their sixth studio record this Friday, which is entitled Obsidian. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Marcus Bridge from North Lane. Marcus, hello, how are we? Hey Simon, doing well?
1: Doing very well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's good to hear. Um, once again, I know we were just chatting before we recorded, but I do very much appreciate your time today. Um, uh, where are you joining us from?
1: I'm currently in Melbourne from my home. Just uh, yeah, enjoying a sunny day out here, which is really nice. It's been a bit, uh, been a bit cold the last couple of days, so good to have some sun. Uh, yeah,
0: I find um, uh, April. April in Melbourne, sometimes I used to, a number of years ago, I live in Melbourne for a little bit, and April was always somewhat hit and miss that it could have some nice summery or autumn autumn weather, and then I sometimes would already kind of hit the winter um, a little bit early. So I'm glad to hear it's a, a nice warm day.
1: Absolutely. Compared to like Sydney as well, I guess, New South Wales with the flooding and stuff is definitely nothing to complain about with the last couple of days. Yeah,
0: that's very, very fair. Um, It is a very exciting week at the moment for you, Marcus. It is a release week for Northlane with the new album Obsidian. Uh, Congratulations, man. Firstly, this album is fantastic.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's very exciting. Um, long time coming. I guess it's been done for about a year now. Um, and yeah, had to push it back and stuff. So it's just exciting for it to be finally coming out.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, do you guys have, when it does come to release week, do you have any kind of um, traditions or, uh, I don't know, yeah, things that you guys do as like a, as as a band, as a, almost like a tribal thing, if you will, each release.
1: <laughs> yeah, not particularly. I mean, we've got, um, you know, I guess our own things we'll do, but um, I'm sure, I guess this time around actually we've got the the Patreon with the Northland World Eaters, which will probably do some kind of uh, listening party or something like that along with those guys. So... Um, but nothing. We don't really have any traditions or anything like that. The only thing we really do before a show is like bump knuckles, and that's the only <laughs> real tradition we have. So yeah, besides that, we just kind of sit there, twiddling our fingers, and and waiting to see what people think.
0: Look, uh, fist bump is still, I think, an, an act of camaraderie and still a, of brotherhood. So I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this new album does kind of. I feel like, once again, build upon the the sonics of North Lane, and um, it does, I guess, once again, push that envelope of, of the genres in which you guys are finding yourself in. It's still very much a metal record. You're still very much a metal band. That hasn't changed, but I feel like this, if previously you were kind of flirting with the idea of electronica or anything like that, this... This time round, you're definitely—it's more than flirting. You've definitely got the hots uh, this time round. Yeah,
1: <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I think with Alien, we were starting to dip our toe in that in that particular water, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I mean, just to have the reception we had from fans to that sound and to that kind of development in what Northland is, um, yeah, it kind of just gave us permission to. Go even further with it and kind of not have any restrictions when it comes to that. And if a song kind of felt like it needed or warranted an electronic kind of element to it, then there was no real fear in going like completely in that direction. Um, and it's exciting because I mean, it's it's like difficult and it's like a challenge to try and make these new sounds work and and try to find something that translates to like fans of heavy music and to maybe a new fan base or uh, people who kind of have this crossover um, interest in our music. So um, yeah, it's really exciting to be diving deeper into that. And I think John, who uh, is our guitarist and kind of um, is the mastermind behind all of that stuff. um, He worked really hard on all of those elements. And um, yeah, I'm I'm really proud of what we've been able to achieve as a band kind of with that new sound or that
0: further developed sound. Yeah, of course. With with something like that, is it I guess track by track? I know you you kind of answered or kind of touched on it then, but is it would you guys sit down at at the start of each record? And I guess with this one, was there a discussion of we're really going to kind of push the envelope this time? Or was it just that, as you mentioned, track by track, if it felt warranted or that it could kind of work, that you'd then apply it and and go by it that
1: way. Yeah, well, I think John, um when he's working on music, it's not necessarily always with Northland in mind. I mean, a lot of the time he's just working on... just trying to create new sounds and just create things that he likes and maybe work towards his own kind of electronic release. But with that being said, then he might, he might hear something in something he's working on and be like, oh, okay, that that feels like we could maybe then translate that into a riff or um, that kind of atmosphere could work really well with um, like this guitar instead of a synth. Or I mean, it, it, there's no real rules to how it kind of comes about. Um, I think it was more that that's just the kind of sound and, and music that John is interested in and wanted to implement into our sound. and um, Yeah, kind of just felt free to do that. And I think, yeah, with Johnny, he's just got a really unique way of making those elements still work with what's made Northland sound um, what it is up until now.
0: Yeah, 100%. The the record was, I believe, self-recorded and self-produced by you guys as well. Do you think that that kind of helped with that? Um, I guess being able to experiment and being able to kind of, you know, put ideas out there and see what does work instead of possibly in a different environment, maybe not having that, that time or space to experiment.
1: Yeah. I think, I'm not sure if it's necessarily, um, helped in terms of like removing restrictions or anything, but I think, um, like leading up to the recording, just in the writing process for John, I think he, I don't know. He, he does. he never looks at things in a way that's <laughs> like, okay, we need, need to take this next step and this is what we have to do for people to enjoy it. He just kind of follows his gut and what he, um, what he enjoys listening to and what he wants to make. And, um, we kind of just then fit our version of that into what he's made. Um, and i think it's interesting cuz yeah then when it comes to the vocals and the music i think there's kind of this interesting clash of like i don't know ne- negative energy but then also this kind of upbeat thing that's going on i think it's a really interesting mesh of uh of sound and and vocal content <laughs>
0: <laughs> i would i would agree with that yeah <laughs> The um, as I mentioned, you guys did record and produce the record yourself. I think that you had previously please correct me if I'm wrong, you had previously done almost the same with Alien, but w- did you produce and record that one or was that one produced just by yourselves and recorded by someone else?
1: Um so it was produced yeah, I guess like uh, John kind of recorded his Bits, like a few bits of uh, the electronic stuff for Alien, I guess. But then guitars were done with Chris Blancado, Um And then he's come on board with this process as well. But John has taken a, a bit more of a driver's seat position for recording like the bulk of guitar and and synth parts for this one. Um Chris Blancato was more just kind of arranging it and making sure it was all ready to go for mix. And then if there was anything that um, we needed help with, then he would uh, kind of step in and and take over for a little bit. And then vocal-wise, for Alien, we did that with uh, uh, Dave from Electric Sun in Sydney. But this time around, I I wanted to do the vocal stuff myself. Um, Just as like I've, I've... kind of been recording my own vocal stuff for like my own music and and stuff outside of north for a long time and i just know how i want stuff to sound and i think for this album i just kind of wanted to take the reins on that and make sure that you know just even if it's like something like a reverb or something i just know if something's not quite sitting how i want it to sit um so for me i just wanted to kind of have a little bit of a handle over that. But then we had Nolly and Ermin back to do mixing and mastering as well, which um, they did that on
0: Alien as well. With you recording your own vocals, how did you find that experience? Obviously, as you just said, you've got the ability to kind of, if you know there's a reverb or whatever else you want to add to it, imagine that's like, it's good to have that control and get exactly what you want. But I imagine that it might also present its own plethora of problems or or obstacles to face if you will
1: yeah i mean it was definitely a lot more um a lot more pressure i think i put on myself than i thought i maybe needed (laughs) i think going through that process was like already quite difficult trying to find inspiration for like writing new vocals or writing lyrics and and being confident in my decisions I was making, I guess, uh, for these songs. Um, yeah, I was kind of struggling with that. So then also having to make sure that I had all these tracks, all these vocal tracks done well. And, um, that was definitely something that I didn't anticipate. Um, but that being said, the benefits I think kind of outweighed that, um, that negative aspect of it just because, um, I don't know, even when you're in the studio and you're like recording something, and maybe the the producer says, Oh, you know, record that another 10 times or something. Maybe you have, we haven't got the take yet. But then somewhere in your head, you know, like you already had the take, take three <laughs> or take two. Um, not wasting time kind of doing these things that you don't necessarily need to. Um, and I think that's just also come from experience in the studio, knowing what works for me and what works in in terms of um, my, I guess, sustainability in the studio. Um, yeah, I kind of wanted to take the reins on that a little bit. So I'm kind of, yeah, it was a bit of a struggle, but I'm I'm glad I did it.
0: It's very cool. I think that the more that you can, even if it's not done every album, the ability to learn these new skills um, and build upon your own knowledge is always a good thing. So I, I think it should be commended. So, um, Yeah. Good job. Good, yeah. <laughs> um, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know just then, uh, like touching on the lyrics of, of a number of these songs, um, if, if you're okay to talk about it, fantastic, and if not, please let me know and we'll, we'll move on. Um, I know previously on Alien that the subject matter of that record um, was very personal to yourself and kind of uh, ended up you... Re- ended up with you receiving some backlash from people close to you in terms of, um, I guess, maybe drawing the curtain too far back or whatever it may be, Um, and that's not what we're going to ask, that are all private details. I'm just curious, with this new record, after having that backlash, how do you then reapproach songwriting to a point where you're comfortable and you're still able to say that, like, you feel that you're expressing your truth um, or however you want to word it, um, but also kind of, I guess, working out that line of where you find, you don't want to get yourself in trouble either.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's definitely something I was feeling after Alien was just a bit of guilt, which was maybe misplaced, I guess, um, considering I, yeah, I was just talking about you know my experiences, but it did leave an impression on me and and as i was saying before yeah i was having a bit of a struggle in terms of inspiration during the writing process and um that definitely came from feeling like like where do i go from here and um yeah feeling also just like this kind of guilt of not being able to be that um that person to I don't know. Have people relate to that story anymore? Because I know it did kind of impact a lot of people, and I did get a lot of messages and stuff that I had to stop kind of um, looking at because I just it was becoming a bit too much. I mean, yeah, at some point um, during yeah the the Alien album cycle, my mum passed away. So to be talking about these stories with people and. Um, trying to find any positivity in that was really hard um so going forward i was just like okay what what do i talk about um and i guess out of that came just a lot of songs and a lot of thoughts and lyrics about um like self-doubt and um just a lot of pessimistic stuff really just being negative on myself and my my mindset of being able to do um do what i want to do at, at, in the best way um yeah i was just struggling a lot to find inspiration and that's kind of what a lot of this album is is just kind of that negativity and then and also seeing the negativity in the world and and trying to find something positive in there but never really finding that um yeah it was it was an interesting process and I'm still not quite sure
0: how to feel about it now that it's done. (laughs) Yeah. Look, that's very fair. Um, (laughs) uh, I guess with releasing, and I imagine it might still be cathartic for yourself, even in terms of if you aren't able to find something that does kind of resolve that doubt that you're having, that you're able to still, yeah, put, that emotion out into the world Uh, for the singles that have been released so far, what's the reaction kind of been like? And have you found that, I guess, even if there hasn't been any resolution for yourself, that it might've helped other people or fans in in what they were feeling?
1: Absolutely. Um, I think that's something that once the album comes out, will kind of shine a bit more of a light on everything. And uh, let me see a bit more of the positive of it that, yeah I can kind of see that you know everyone um has gone through a lot of the same feelings and maybe not directly based on what I've gone through or um on on my career or anything it's based on their their own personal lives and how that's how the last couple of years have impacted that um yeah I know people will be able to relate to a lot of it um and that's what we've seen with um, you know, songs like Plenty and and um and Clockwork as well, like they're songs that are very doubtful and negative. Um but then even with these other songs that are kind of touching on more serious serious-ish stuff with Echo Chamber and then serious stuff with Carbonized, um yeah, it's it's just interesting to see people feeling the same way. And I think as people kind of hear the rest of this album and um, kind of connect with that, I'm sure that maybe, yeah, I think that'll kind of help me kind of connect the dots a bit better with um, my feelings towards
0: a more positive side of it, yeah. Yeah, definitely. You just mentioned Carbonized, um, which has just been released as a single, um, and I believe kind of the subject matter is is kind of calling out, I guess, predatory artists within, I don't want to just say music because they seem to be everywhere um, and that would be unfair to just musicians. Um, but it seems to be, and I guess, calling out those kind of figures and addressing the conversation that's been going on for maybe like the last four, five years and in the whole like how do you or should you separate the artist from the art and and all that kind of stuff. Um, firstly, I, I I feel like you've done an excellent job of kind of calling that out and, and shining a light on that in this track. I'm curious where the track where it was stemmed from, or I guess why uh, you felt that now is the time to yeah to to release this song and kind of call call these people out. Go to Bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's Bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
1: Yeah, well, it, it kind of felt like, um, well, yeah, over the last few years, Um like maybe once or every, every one or two months, like you would just hear something awful from someone in you know a band that's been around for the last 10 years some band that you might have been a huge fan of and for me i found like a, there was a bunch of bands that were like huge inspirations for me on my like musical taste and uh yeah just the direction of like the kind of music i enjoy and one want, wanted to write like i was just finding <laughs> hearing more and more awful things and being like Ugh. like how can i how can I listen to this stuff and still be kind of stoked on it? If like at the other end of it, you know, someone has like had to suffer or had to go through something really awful because of this person in a position of power. And I feel like now that, um, I'm somewhat in that similar position, like I would just feel so awful to like, um, I don't know, if someone was to look up to me and then I was to do something like that, I would just feel like that would be such a disappointing thing and it's just like not a thing that I want to be glorified in any way and I don't want people to ever um, think that, I don't know, that there is a way, I don't know. I don't know, I've just found it really hard to separate the art from the artist lately just because it does seem often that it comes out of, you know, something bad happening and then people hear this new song and like, Oh, that's so sick though. So like, I'm just going to keep listening to them and let's just pre- like, I'm just never going to mention the thing they did cause I don't want to have an awkward conversation, but I'll always just back this song. Um, and I think it's just like really dangerous to get in that uh, kind of mindset of just turning a blind eye to that stuff and letting people keep pushing that limit and keep trying to push Yeah, what I don't know, what they think they can do. Um Yeah. I don't know, it's just there's there's definitely a number of specific individuals, but I don't really want to go into it and start a (laughs) bloody anything like that. But like I think if, if I think people know exactly who I'm talking about and know the kind of people I'm talking about and the kind of people who have just kind of tried to slink their way back in and pretend like nothing ever happened. Um and you know, a lot of people try to let that, like try to allow that. So I don't know. Yeah, it's just gross to
0: me. Yes, agreed. And um, we won't make you read out a laundry list of all the bands and artists. uh,
1: Pull it out of my drawer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It
0: it is. It's interesting to see the, I guess, cherry picking of information that people will do to allow them to still enjoy something that even though, because at the end of the day, it still seems to be, if you cherry pick and ignore parts of it, you, it's, it's not um, celebrating or rewarding bad behavior, but you're not really doing anything on the other end of it either. But um, yeah, that's the, yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it's also just quickly. I think it's also like a song. that's not necessarily, it's kind of directed at both those people kind of doing this awful stuff, but then also yeah, fans of music or fans who, yeah, just, just to not just have a think about it. <laughs> like don't don't just quickly turn around and be like, okay, this is that breakdown's heavy, so let's let's just make sure their tours sell out all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um the other song I wanted to talk about was Echo Chamber, which was the first single for this record. Um, which I feel was still very north lane, but was incredibly I don't want to say pop, it's not pop, but I feel like that it was quite catchy. Like the melody was the most melodic. I don't know how to word it without saying it, um, but yeah. I'm curious, yeah, why this track stood out uh, to you guys to be the, the first single this time around.
1: Um, I think just at the to- at the point we were at, um, yeah, when we were getting ready to announce Obsidian, um, I guess... The world had kind of settled down a little bit from all this, the stress of, of COVID and stuff. But, um, I mean, with the video itself, we wanted to take a bit of a piss, take the piss out of, uh, uh, just the internet, I guess. Um, and that's kind of where the stem, uh, the song stems from is just the idea of, I don't know, people just living in this echo chamber on social media, um, of, you know, just negativity, really, just people kind of, um, getting caught up in, you know, whether it's like pop culture stuff, like celebrity stuff, uh, people in other bands or whatever. It's like getting angry about stuff that doesn't matter, but then having this like echo chamber of people just um, patting each other on the back, being like, yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> yes. Yeah, hilarious. Um, yeah. For me, I was just like going like through, through the last couple of years, I was just on social media and like logging on and just seeing like some argument about bloody, I don't know, something dumb and just being like, why why are people putting so much energy into this negativity? And um, like, it's really like, it it feels like a competition of like whose opinion is the best and who can say like the funniest thing on this, on this issue that's happening right now, whether it's serious or not. Um, And it just kind of got, really exhausting for me. And that's just kind of where that song stemmed from. And I think that's just, I guess, part in, in relation to the rest of the album. And the album is kind of a uh, a picture of being exhausted by the last couple of years, I guess. So it is kind of a starting point of of where the album's going and I guess where the sounds of the album were going as well in terms of having those dancier elements and stuff. Um, yeah, it just seemed like a good teaser for everything, but... Letting people know um, there's still some still some rifts to be had.
0: Of course, <laughs> uh, you have just mentioned uh, obviously the last two years, um, and I'm not going to go into uh, the specific, uh, specifics of that because I know everyone and every musician has been speaking about uh, the dreaded um, the dreaded. I don't want to say the c word because that <laughs> you know you know what I'm referring to, um, yeah. but. Uh, it is exciting because after the last two years, you guys are going on tour, uh, I believe, next... Oh, sorry, not next month, June, um, in Australia, and then I think you've got the US after that. How excited are you to kind of get back out there and get in front of people?
1: Incredibly excited. I mean, we just had our first taste of that um, a couple of weeks ago um, with uh, a Full Tilt in Melbourne. Um, we also played a little pub show or wool, wool shed wool shed show at albury <laughs> um that's a tongue twister um and yeah just getting back on stage and having people um kind of release that energy of being at a show again was just so amazing um and i'm just kind of fiending for it again um we've got full till brisbane coming up as well in a couple of a couple of days actually so um yeah i mean just being back in that atmosphere is so awesome and I think people are really excited to be out and about again and and out with their friends enjoying live music and um like even before Full Till I went to a, a Polaris show um at, at Reunion Park in Melbourne, which was like yeah, this big circus tent situation. Um and just being there and being amongst people who, yeah, like I said, just so stoked. Um and really letting two years of frustration and um and energy out. Uh it's 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 really exciting and it's, it's exciting to be uh getting back into that.
0: Of course. I think um there's a lot of people excited to see well to see gigs back, but to see you guys back. And I know um even in preparation for today, speaking to a few friends, uh, when I mentioned that it was yourself who I was chatting to, they were very excited. Um, about the, or just express their, yeah, their excitement in the new North Lane album and tour. So um, Marcus, lastly, we would usually ask, I guess, what they're currently listening to. If there's anything that mm-hmm. is uh, on your streaming service or on your record player, respectively, whatever it may be, anything that's, um, yeah, getting a good spin at the moment.
1: Um, yeah, I feel like I've not listened to much new music as of late, but in terms of just what I've been listening to, um, been listening to a lot of actually Four Years Strong's newest album Brain Pain um, that album's sick <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've just been listening to a lot of Reliant K actually they're like a Christian rock band that I kind of grew up listening to but have come back around to um, I don't know I've just been vibing the old kind of nostalgic pop punk stuff as of late so it's just been kind of getting deep into that <laughs>
0: What is – I feel that there's a lot of – if you don't – actually, if you don't mind me asking Marcus, how old would you be? I think we might be similar ages. Yeah,
1: I'm uh,
0: 30 this year, yeah. Okay. Um, A few years older, only a little bit, but similar timeframes. I feel like that uh, people who are into or were into like pop, punk, or punk back in the day and seeing the kind of resurgence of it come around, what is your opinion on the – most recent kind of uh, pop punk resurgence, and I guess both the authentic of it and then maybe the more machine gun Kelly and Willow Smith version of it
1: to be honest like i'm into it i mean <laughs> I, I just I kind of feel like <laughs> and that kind of relates back to the to echo chamber to be honest, but I feel like um just everyone being up in arms about this is kind of interesting as much like you can like or hate those kind of modern artists as much as you like, but I feel like, like them pissing off all of the hardcore punk dudes is kind of the most punk thing you can do. <laughs> like, I don't know. Just t- <laughs> I've, I've honestly thought that was the most interesting part is people getting so up in arms on the internet about it, as opposed to like writing a song about it, which I think is like the main part of being in a, you know, like a punk or a hardcore band is kind of, you know, let out how you feel <laughs> by like screaming about it. Um, but that being said, yeah, I mean, some of it I don't necessarily understand. Like, I don't know, like Olivia Rodrigo, I'm, I don't listen to it, but I just think it's a different era. Like, I'm sure like people who were our age when we were, you know, 13, 14 growing up listening to, you know, maybe Paramore or, or Fall Out Boy and Panic at the Disco, didn't make sense to them either so i'm sure it's just like i mean i think it's awesome that there's some form of rock music or whatever in in like the mainstream for people to kind of then hopefully uh gateway themselves into something that isn't as um at the forefront but yeah i mean i think it's just kind of cool that they're just doing what they want
0: i i would agree with that i've never uh framed it in that way in terms of what you said um that them pissing the punks off is actually the most <laughs> punk thing and i think that's actually fantastic
1: it's really interesting
0: <laughs> it is um marcus thank you very much for your time today i do appreciate you uh, coming onto the podcast and congratulations again on obsidian which is out this friday
1: thanks simon my pleasure
0: And that's our show. A massive thank you to Marcus Bridge and Northlane for their time. Obsidian is out this Friday and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to buy the record or see them on tour. We also want to give a huge shout out to Amy at Deathproof PR for helping out with today's interview. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Wednesday and Friday morning and we now have a Patreon, which you can find within the show notes of this episode. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok until next week. Cheers. Planning for your next trip.